Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Coach McVay Show. I'm JB, along with DeMarco Farr, live from the Rams facility in Thousand Oaks, Los Angeles, 2-0, as they prepare to host the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 3 at SoFi Stadium. Here we go again. Let's bring in the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. Congratulations on another 2-0 start. Four years in a row you've accomplished that. When you think about you. yesterday's game, though, there was a juncture where really all three phases had gotten a little sideways, and you're... You're in a deficit for the first time. Yeah. What did you think about the way your team responded? I loved it. Like we kind of talked about a little bit yesterday, JB, I, th- I think you can never simulate and mimic and emulate those situations unless you get in real game situations, especially hostile environment on the road. We were up 17-6, to then you end up uh, getting down where it's 21-17, and uh, our guys didn't flinch. You know, there was a lot of things that, that didn't go the way that we planned it out, but some things you can learn from in those situations better than anything else. And Love the look in our guys' eye. Love the way that we stayed connected as a team. And um, that response from Matthew and our offense, you know, the, to go four plays, get the lead back, I thought was big. And then there were so many moments that I could even go back through as you're recapping that game that were reflective of that mental toughness, being your best, um, you know, regardless of the circumstances that I was really pleased with that I think we can really carry moving forward as, as something to draw on. I love it. Mondays, Victory Monday, always good. 2-0, and yep. never a bad thing. Uh, I did read this, uh, the Rams won ugly, or it, was, it, it wasn't pretty. Does that type of stuff bother you when no. you get the W at all? No, it doesn't. Not unless you tell me that uh, that changes how the win is uh, uh, set up in the, uh, in the standings. So it doesn't. The, you know, I've said it before, there's no style points in this league. Now, there is consistent levels of execution that I think is required to consistently play at the level that you want and to get the results that you want. And so there are some things that we have to urgently fix and address and, and be intentional about that. But we came away with the win. I got a lot of respect for the Colts. They're a, they're a playoff football team for a reason. They got a lot of tough players, great coaches, and Frank Reich and, and the rest of their leaders. And so, um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate for the win. You, you know as well as anybody, DeMarco, you don't take any wins for granted, however you can get it. But uh, you do want to make sure that you're process-oriented, looking at the things that we have to do better throughout the course of the game and, and hopefully avoid some of those adverse moments. I think I just heard the word survive and it bothered me. Like the Rams survived. Wait a minute, they won. That's yeah. it. That's all. Yeah, move on. That's good, though. <laughs> I mean, we'll take it. I mean, yeah. when the expectations, because of the expectations and the confidence that these guys have earned, people think, you know, we should do something. But... Uh, it's never perfect. This other, these other teams are so good. There's, there's such a competitive balance, and it's set up for those small margins in this league. And the teams that can handle those ebbs and flows usually end up separating themselves uh, throughout the course of a 17-game regular season. That feels weird saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I love being here on Mondays for so many reasons, but among them by 9 a.m., I think, when I pulled in, Andrew Whitworth's already out on that field completing his day-after-game workout. And then from a coaching standpoint, you've kind of digested the game that was, right, and you have a sense of what needs to be corrected, what you feel yep. good about, and where the next week is going to take you what's Monday like for you as you stand in front of your team especially having a couple wins in your pocket well I think the first thing is that Sunday night represents one of the few chances that I can try to just settle down get some uh, get some rest so uh, I usually try to make myself get some sleep coming a little bit later on Mondays but it's about really correcting the things I think it's making sure that you know you show the team the other things that are going on really well in the other phases and the things that we can collectively learn from. So we always go through learning ops, uh, highlight some of the really good things, and if there's anything that we need to make sure that we address, we hit that uh, before they end up breaking up with their coaches. But 
It's always usually a, f- a much more fun and enjoyable meeting when there's a lot of good things to be able to show and then the things that we can correct. Guys can look at the film, be honest with themselves and say, this is a, a, a easy fix as long as I apply the techniques, the fundamentals or whatever that thing might be to be solution oriented without needing to press the panic button. But understand that, hey, there are a handful of things that came up yesterday that we have to do better at, but there was also a lot of good things as well. I keep you bringing up Andrew Whitworth. It just brings up a play, one of Cooper Cup's longest pass plays, 43 yards. Yeah. I stopped the tape at the end. The guy helping him up was Andrew Whitworth. How does a left tackle beat everyone else down the field to help up a receiver? Well, you don't see that often. No, you don't. But when he's running out and uh, and springing the blocks on some of those screens, yeah. he's got great energy. I mean, you just watch the way that he finishes plays, the way that he's picking up his teammates, just the, the consistent juice that he's brought while also putting his arm around guys, bringing them with him. He's, he's, a, he's a great leader. He's a great football player, and he's been awesome for us and love working with him every day. There were a couple of those plays, weren't there, where Stafford's getting pressure from the front side, and did he diagnose it pre-snap, or was it just quick processing post-snap to get it out on that quick game to cut for positive yards? Yeah, I think he's just got such a good feel, JB. You know, his his understanding of, okay, we have certain plays, and then you know, all right, based on, all right, if it's a protection problem, here's an issue, I need to be able to speed it up. Um, you know, but just his ability to process and quickly exhaust progressions is what really stands out to me after a couple games. I mean, you look at some of the ways that he can get through some red zone progressions, you look at even how quick he got on the one four-play touchdown drive where we hit Cooper Cup on a longer one down the field. Uh, he's getting all the way to the backside of the progression, really on both those completions on that four-play sequence to Cooper where we started out hitting Robert on the keeper. Then Sony had kind of a good downhill direct run versus fire zone. But, you know, he, he just sees everything. He's able to communicate right when he gets off. He doesn't need to look at the script, at the, uh, the pictures. He's seeing it in live action. He has a reason for why he's doing everything. And I can't tell you how nice that is to be able to, you know, work through those things in real time and how much easier it makes to, to be able to move forward from next series, uh, you know, when we get back out on the grass. Did you have a favorite play offensively from Sunday? Um, you know, there was a lot of, I'll tell you what I liked as much as anything. There was a five play sequence when we were on the 31 yard line. We started off with a jet sweep to Robert Woods and we ended up going four more runs right after that where we punched it in. Daryl ended up punching it in from about two yards out. Um, Cooper's first touchdown was pretty fun, but, uh, there was a lot of good positive plays that, that I was excited about. But what I've really liked about our team each of the last couple weeks is even though we haven't gotten as many plays as maybe we would like off in the first half, um, when we've had to run the football at the end of games to force them to use their timeouts or to close it out, we've demonstrated the ability, the ability to be physical, really move the front. And those have been two really good physical fronts that we've played in the Bears and the Colts. And I thought our offensive line played at their best in those moments, whether it was Daryl closing it out against the Bears or Sony closing it out yesterday against the Colts. That, that was a real positive. But if you had to say you pick one play, that first touchdown to Cooper was a pretty fun one to see. Wow. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, I wrote this down. I have to use this for my notes. I'm not using my phone. It's all good. I don't want to get fined. Uh, but I put down Stafford was, and I imagine he's like you. I'm afraid to say good morning because I'm not sure how you feel yet. So, really, I'm serious. You I'm just I'm saying, a, you know, you're being I say good, I'm, I'm a lot more moody than Matthew is. He's, he's always consistent. Now, okay. me, he better be picking your spots. That's what I'm saying. Yes, but I, I know that. How do you, how does he thinks he performed in a game like that on Sunday? Well, I don't think anybody, like you've heard me say about Aaron and some of our other great players, Matthew's got such high standards for himself, um, you know, that he's always going to want to do something better. And I think that's the exact approach that you want from your quarterback who's playing at a really high level. I think he also 
understands and has accumulated enough experience to know he's doing some really good things. There were some pretty special plays that he had yesterday, some great ownership and command, even on things that maybe he wouldn't recognize. You know, we had a kind of a shot play called the cup and his ability to read, recognize everybody got out of there. He dishes it to Daryl Henderson for what ended up being a 23-yard gain. Mm -hmm. Those are the types of things where he's just playing each play as his own entity. He's getting us in and out of the right looks, how quickly and and how accurately he's able to deliver the ball and get through all five eligibles has really stood out. But I would say if you asked him, I think he's been pleased with a lot of the stuff, but he knows that he wants to consistently play great throughout the course of a game, which is never uh, realistic, but it's always possible to continue to improve. And, um, you know, he's done an excellent job leading the way so far. Speaking of Daryl Henderson, what's the latest on his injury and his prognosis for the week ahead? Yeah, so he has just a little rib injury. Uh, you know, we're going to be smart with him in the early parts of the week. I would imagine that Wednesday and Thursday we'll have him off to the side, kind of trying to see how quickly we can get that thing recuperated. And, and then Friday will be about the pain tolerance. All right, Can he go? Can he get some work? And if he's able to, to feel like, all right, we can handle that on Sunday, then you can expect to see Daryl in the lineup. If not... Uh, Sony and Jake Funk will get a healthy dose of those guys, and um, you know those guys will get some good work throughout the course of the week. In the worst case scenario, if Daryl isn't able to go, I'm impressed with the O line with the the holes they're giving him. But I, I think I'm even more impressed with his toughness. Yes, because when he was drafted, we talked about his speed. Now that he's getting carries. You see the toughness out of Daryl Henderson. Yeah, it's funny. Before I came over here, DeMarco, I was talking to Thomas Brown about the toughness level and runs off, but also watch him stick his face on people in protection. Mm -hmm. There was a couple blitz pickups that he had. Darius Leonard's running through the gap. He ends up going and, and fitting him up and refitting him, and I think he's one of the better blitzing linebackers in this league. Big physical player, knows how to work edges on people or go through you. He did a great job on a couple third-down conversions that we had to have it. Um, he did a great job picking up a couple safety pressures, and then even going back to last week, he did an excellent job on the one play that got called back, uh, you know, that was originally called a touchdown. That was just a 17-yard game to cup. He stuck his face on Alec Ogletree, who we know is a really good physical linebacker. So the toughness running the ball but also playing without the ball has really stood out. And, uh, you know, it's been fun to see Daryl do that. When you made the move for Sony, one of the things that you and Les Snead both said is he's been in those big moments, right? And yeah. I can't help but notice that he gets thrown in for his first real taste. Uh, in that game when everything's on the line. How do you think he responded? I thought he did great, JB. I thought as he got more carries, he got more comfortable. You know, you can see there's a real rhythm and a flow to a game. And getting into that flow, getting your first couple touches, getting your feet wet where you're just saying, all right, I don't want to put the ball on the ground, but then that's all right. Let me let my run instincts take over. And I thought you saw him make people miss in some of those short area spaces. He's fallen forward with a body lean. Even our offensive line mentioned to me when we're coming back, you could feel there's a physical presence that this guy has. He's sturdy. He's strong. He's heavy at the point of contact. And um, he's only going to get more comfortable. I think it's a real credit to him, but also Thomas Brown's ability to get him up to speed as quickly as he has, and then to be able to close out that game and have those carries in the moments. I mean, you talk about important big-time moments. That was as big as it gets up to this point in the season. He's bigger than I thought. He is bigger than I thought, too. Yeah, in the lower body, he's thicker than I thought. He brings it, and that's a pretty good D-line in Indy. They are. I mean, and that was, I mean, you're ripping off pretty big runs out of clip there to close out the game. Yeah. I thought our offensive line did a really nice job. They stir their front and move it around a lot. I thought they did a good job handling that movement. And then I thought Sony's ability to be able to press the line of scrimmage helps set up some of those blocks. That's what the good backs do, as you know, DeMarco. You know, they really set those blocks. They make the guys up front even better because they understand the intent of the play, how to set that landmark, how to be able to press those things one gap at a time. And, and Sony did that in a big way yesterday. 
not to take one out of the front five, but Brian Allen has a major opportunity here this season, won that starting job back in training camp. I look at the tackles he's played so far through two weeks and the ones he's going to face against Tampa Bay this week. What impression has he made to start 2021? He's done really well, JB. I think his command, his ability to recognize things, get the calls out in a decisive, confident manner. I think he and Matthew have a really nice rapport like you've heard me talk about, but been really pleased with Brian Allen's leadership. He's only going to continue to get better as he accumulates experience because of how intentional he approaches his process weekly. You know, you talk about a guy that's really done a nice job establishing a rhythm in a short amount of time for how long he's been playing. Um, he's committed. He's wired in the right way. And, and uh, he's got a great challenge with uh, two big time guys coming up this week. We got to talk about Cooper Cup. Yes. I'm trying to block out the noise because he's had a great two weeks and now people their expectations are rising. So. You've heard of the Randy ratio, Mike Tice, way back in the day? when no. he, put out, he put it out in the news that he had Randy Moss and he's going to get the ball to him 40% of the time, and okay. he told the world that. Concerted effort to get cut the ball, or is that just the way the game plan went for In you? some instances it is. Yeah. In some instances, you know, Matthew's getting through progressions, and he might not be the primary for where the original intent goes. You know, we, in a lot of instances, these defenses are so good, DeMarco, that you want to have all-purpose plays. And I think, um, you know, he's been in the right spots. He's made the plays. But you talk about maximizing your opportunities. Uh, he's delivered in a big way, and he's really done a great job through these first couple weeks. Uh, to say that I'd be su- that I'm surprised would not be accurate. I'm not surprised. He's played really well. The approach that he's taken throughout the course of his career, but really, especially you know, watching the rapport between he and Matthew, watching how much and how hard he works at it, and how talented he is, um, he's just delivering and maximizing his opportunities. And it's uh, it's been fun to watch because uh, a lot of that hard work, as Aaron would say, hard work pays off and. It's definitely done that for the first couple weeks. We've seen this. We've yeah. seen this. Uh, slapping people, stiff-arming guys, oh, yeah. running through people. That's new. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think just showing he's a complete player. He can do everything. I mean, you're not limited, and, and that's where, in a lot of instances, you have to be honest with yourself and say, all right, have you really given him a chance mm-hmm. to uh, reveal all the sides to his game? And I think you're starting to see that come to life right now, and uh, I think it's only going to be improved upon. Let's talk personnel packages, because I understand that by not substituting, you're able to do a lot of the things you want to get to on offense, yep. maintain those matchups. But it is a 17-game gauntlet. Totally. It does have some of that history, and I know that, you're, yep. that you want to diversify a little bit. How do you strike the right balance? I think that's something that we were talking about earlier today. And figuring that out, uh, given the opponent, is always that, that uh, you know, give and take, JB. But I also think, you know, you look at guys like Deshaun Jackson, got to get him more involved. Uh, Johnny Munt's a guy that's capable of getting more snaps, even the rotation with the backs. But um, figuring that balance out, what exactly does that look like, is something that we're working through as a coaching staff. But you would like to make sure that you're cognizant of um, the way that these guys play and almost protecting them from themselves, mm-hmm. uh, especially over the course of the season. And then you're hopeful that, that you do enough to be able to give yourself a chance to play games after that as well. You absolutely killed the celebration for Peyton Manning and Edger and James. I want you to know that, right? They were I don't out there feel bad about that. Not Listen, at all? I, 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 you know, I've gotten to have a special relationship with Peyton. I love Peyton, but <laughs> we ain't worried about that. Not at all. Congrats. Congratulations to him. Now let's get back to the Rams trying to win the game. I like it. Uh, the other side, you, you got to give props to your defense, but also to Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz isn't a mobile quarterback, that's a nine-sack day, six, nine sacks, whatever totally. it is. I think so. Your D-line was relentless. Your defense was relentless. They that were. had to be impressive for you. It was, and, you know, I, I've seen that movie before with Carson Wentz. You know, going back to early on in his career, 
being in that same division when I was in Washington, his ability to create off schedule and make plays and extend plays, keep his eyes down the field is well documented. He played really well. I, th- I think it's great for him because he's a guy it's hard not to want to root for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he and Frank Reich, I think, will do a great job. But he made a lot of plays. I thought our D-line was outstanding. I thought that was uh, one of Sebastian Joseph Day's best games as a Ram. Uh, in all phases, you know, we got to eliminate the one jump off sides, but I thought he really impacted the game in a positive way. Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald. Um, been really pleased with what he did. I thought Ashawn Robinson showed up in a big way, but what really stood out each of the last two weeks to me, DeMarco, was the mental toughness that our defense displayed to be able to stop guys in the red area. I mean, wow. if you watch that four-play sequence on the goal line stand and just watch all 11 every single snap with what we're doing, the way guys are competing, then to be able to defend the fourth down play that they tried to make it look the same as the third down, our matches are perfectly. Um, you know, a lot of toughness displayed on that too, whether it's a Justin Hollins, Darius Williams, Taylor Rapp. I mean, there's so many good things. You get me excited talking about it. <laughs> My hair just but stood it was, up. <laughs> it, was, it was good stuff. I mean... You know, you, you just see, you talk about it takes all 11. Mm-hmm. And to have two weeks in a row, the very first possession where, hey, we got to be better in the kickoff coverage outfit, but they get all the way down there. And the first week we get the turnover where Kenny gets the tip and David Long comes away with it. And then we have a four down sequence where they're on the one yard line and we end up stopping them on four attempts. It was exciting. <laughs> you think? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At year's end last year, we looked back, and yes, it was statistically the best defense in the league. But if you go back in time, it wasn't really until that second half at Buffalo, or maybe you come home for week four, that they truly started to impose their will on opponents. Sure. Is your hope that there's that settling in period right now with this defense, and they can get there sooner rather than later? Yeah, I would say this. I'm more interested in figuring out, all right, what is the best identity for the 2021 Rams, and how does it reveal itself in a manner that's reflective of maximizing our players and our team's ability to win each week how do we end up approaching this week with the bucks how do we put all three phases together know the schematic approach that we want to take but also playing as a team that's what i was the most pleased with yesterday jb but you're right it was a kind of an ongoing process and i think it's like anything else you know whether you're really good on offense really good on defense really good in the kicking game everybody's going to study you And there's going to be a schematic approach and a different way that people approach you where, okay, hey, this is how we want to approach and attack this scheme, and these are the answers we have to have. Well, we have certain players that dictate that kind of approach, and then also there's some schematic things that has been well documented with how we play that maybe changes what the standard operating procedure is to approach the normal downs and things like that. And it's an ever-evolving process. That's what's fun about being a coach. But um, I think these guys have done a really good job. I mean, really, when you look at it, they ended up giving up uh, you know, a very small amount of points, and they were at their best in those most important moments. And I think that's reflective of what really good teams do. And facing adversity, something for you, because I'm standing right there. How do you have the presence of mind not to blow your stack when you get a player ejected? Well, I think, uh, I think first of all, you know Kenny's heart. Yeah. You, you know where he's at. Um, he was frustrated. You know, it was a technicality. He was not mad at the official. He mm-hmm. was mad at the situation. He's an emotional guy in a positive way. Now, mm-hmm. let's understand how we control those emotions so that it doesn't hurt the team. I have total trust that Kenny will learn from that. But being able to, being, you know, overreacting to that, you know, you always talk about, all right, is this a response that's in alignment with getting the moving, you know, the ability to move on and the solution-oriented outcome? Mm -hmm. And the answer is, if I lost my mind too, then no. Uh, It's, okay, here we are, here's a problem. Now, how do we move forward in the right way? 
Even Aaron being able to grab him right there, mm -hmm. I think, is a display of the ownership that we have from our players. Kenny knew that right away. I, I have no worries that that's going to be anything that we have to worry about as a team moving forward. I think our whole team will use it as an opportunity to learn from it. But it's uh, it was disappointing. But but you're also in tune of the emotions of the game, and, and that's part of what makes these guys great as well. A couple of weeks in a row now, rookies on defense have made appearances. Uh, Robert Rochelle, a couple of tastes now. Oh, yeah. and in light of that ejection, Ernest Jones gets thrown right in. What did you make of him this week and really those two players on defense making their debuts. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. You know, it's not too big for Ernest. You could see the length show up. You know, he ended up playing nine snaps defensively. Did a nice job making his impact felt. And I thought it was good for him to get his feet wet. It's a different pace than what it is in the preseason. But this guy, the game makes sense to him. He's got a good feel. He's got just a nice steady poise. But he's also a physical player. And so I thought he did a good job maximizing those opportunities. And then Rochelle has stepped up in a big way. I thought there was a chance. You know, in 81 did a nice job kind of trying to reestablish, you know, going forward. But there was a chance that when that ball gets caught on the sideline with 19 seconds left or whatever it is, that he's stopping that momentum mm -hmm. and they could have winded that clock. And because you're on the sidelines, you got to run it back in and spot it. That could have potentially represented the last play of the game as opposed to kind of letting them have one of those deals where Nick Scott's got to make a great play. And I'm like, hold my breath on the <laughs> sideline. But both yeah. those guys did a nice job. It was good to see their, their contributions. Okay, a, a, a pick, an interception on, on a shuttle pass. How about that? A, 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 an interception on a shuttle pass. Yes. How does Troy Reader keep winding up on the right spot? Here's what happens. Aaron Donald splits a double team, okay? The guy that's catching the shovel has to go behind that. That's not the design of the play. So he's kind of blind. You see Flo kind of play it both ways so he doesn't have Himes in the flat. He flips it, and he's thinking, you know, this was not the design to have the best player in the world split the vertical double team that they had going back on an angle. Troy Reader's in the right spot, and some guys are just where they're supposed to be. Wow. Troy Reader's one of them. Wow. What a play. Yeah, I know. What a Maybe play. I'll give him some chunky soup. What a play. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I don't know. If I was it was waiting for you to make the first <laughs> reference. Oh, God. I don't, I'm getting killed on that. Are you really? I should be. Why? It's good. I appreciate you saying it's that. It's good stuff. What are yeah. you talking about? I don't know if it was, uh, maybe it was a goal line stands, like we just talked about it, the hair stood up on my, on my arms. Or maybe it was the opposing crowd noise. Being the enemy that for the fun? first time in like a year, it was fun. Yes. Yeah, like having fun shutting them up was a football. A couple people were yelling at me. A couple people were yelling some mean things, and then a couple people actually yelled that uh, Veronica is very attractive. They didn't quite say it that way. I said, <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or are you trying to get at me? Wow. Wow. But no, those guys, the, yeah. the, the, the silence, when you're on the road, you know, and we talked about this as a team, there's nothing better than when they got all that momentum and somebody makes a play that just takes the air out of the crowd mm -hmm. and it, you can just you can just feel it and it's it's awesome that was one of those plays the touchdown to cup to retake the lead to go up 24 21 when we had gone down 21 17 those two plays stand out and then obviously the end of the game but it was uh that was a great play by Aaron great play mm -hmm. by Troy being in the right place at the right time and he's just got a knack for it wow uh that was not the design of the play you said on the reader interception uh probably neither was Jacob Eason throwing to Jalen Ramsey's mm. side of the yes. field on her his first professional attempt uh was that a nice way for Jalen to cap what's been a great two-week sequence it's been great by him uh you know his ability to play inside to play outside to have concept recognition to be able to make that play you know he made it look so effortless but to be able to go up high point that ball get both feet in bounds um, he's a stud. He's playing like that. And I thought he had great poise throughout, too. You know, you talk about, you know, Aaron's leadership. I felt Jalen's leadership throughout the course of that game. And for him to be able to close it out, then for our defense to come back out on the grass for those three snaps and really close it out, 
uh, for sure. That was special. But but Jalen's, uh, you know, he's shown up in a variety of ways. And I just saw something, you know, he's he's already kind of looked at as the best corner in the league. Now he's establishing himself as just one of the best football players, which I think has clearly been, uh, you know, illustrated these first two weeks. It's almost to the point where he makes a play. You're not surprised by it. No. You're excited by it, but you're not surprised by it. Not surprised, but just happy to see it. Yeah. Just glad that he's on your team. and. Um, I think Raheem and our defensive coaching staff have done such a good job of trying to maximize his skill set. But I just continue to come away so impressed with his ability to digest all the information. I mean, it's one thing to be as talented and as gifted as he is physically. It's another thing to have the acumen, the football IQ and intelligence to be able to seamlessly just adjust. I mean, he's in essence playing what ends up equating to probably five or six different positions at any point because of the, what we ask of that star position. And then when he's going out and, and playing as the outside corner, and there's a lot of intricacies to the way that we're doing stuff on the back end. And he just handles it so well. And um, it's, it's pretty special to watch. All right, the punt breakdown. There's got to be more to this story. Yeah. What are we missing here? There's not a lot to it other than we need to slide over more. We were maybe a little bit off with the snap, but you talk about uh, a bad feeling as a coach. You know, we ended up shifting for protection purposes. We didn't get all the way out of the way. The, the, the snap was, you know, just a little bit off, but, you know, we got to clear the, that midline and make sure that there's no chance of that happening. And fortunately, we don't have to learn the hard way. Uh, we can learn from that, but... It uh, Sometimes there's not a whole lot of other answers other than, hey, slide over a little bit more. Let's make sure that we're totally accurate um, you know, with the location of the long snap, and, and let's, uh, let's make sure that this doesn't happen again, and I, I do trust that that won't be the case. What do you tell Johnny on that? Uh, knock it out of the back of the end zone? Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, you know, in those instances, a safety is better than a touchdown. Okay, just you know, get it out if, of there. If, okay. if that can happen, but... Um, you know, I don't ever think you want to plan for those worst-case scenarios, but, but you certainly have to uh, address it. In a week in the National Football League where end-of-game kicks featured prominently, some went mm. through, some did not. Mm-hmm. How about Matt Gay going back to Indianapolis? He seems pretty dialed in right now. It was awesome. I mean, he's been Mr. Automatic through two weeks. Um, you don't take that for granted. You, you know, you mentioned you look at the Arizona-Minnesota game, and that comes down to a 36, 37-yard kick that you say, oh, this, you know, everybody wants to refer. I, I remember I used to work with Danny Smith, who's the special teams coordinator for the Steelers now. He and I worked together in Washington, and, you know, all the work that goes into special teams play and in the kicking game, you know, you ever say, oh, it's a chip shot. They totally <laughs> minimize the amount of things that go into snap, hold, placement, protection. There's so many things that have to take place in a manner that's reflective of getting those three points or that extra point when you're uh, attempting those field goals. And how automatic he's been is certainly uh, appreciated, but it doesn't go unnoticed how difficult it is. And for him to come in there, what a bad play call by me on the third down to even force us out. I would have loved to just punch it in with a touchdown and leave no doubt, but um, you know, he bailed me out, and uh, it was a big-time operation, and, and that was one that, that, in essence, sealed the game for us. What didn't you like? Like, why would you go back and change that if you could? Not just yeah, because, that like, was a blitz. Hey, that, that, yeah. It was, a, you know, the jet sweep to Cooper Cup oh, on the third okay. down. You know, um, that, was a, that was a similar defensive structure that they had shown, and, uh, and that play is not good versus that. And so um, I should have known better. We were doing some things that were reflective of. Didn't necessarily – don't overthink it. You know, you yeah. got good momentum. Um, sometimes the, the the best thing you can do is, is stick with what's been working and letting these guys just out execute and continue to to be a little bit more vertical and, and get that kind of removal and that was a bad call, man. You got the win, right? See, 
Yeah. You know, that'll help you sleep at night. We live and learn. We live and learn. Uh, champs coming to town. Yeah. Uh, do you say champs coming to town or Tampa's coming to town? Yeah, it's Tampa. I mean, they're, they're the reigning champs. Everybody knows that. Um, but we want to be steady. We want to be consistent with our approach. Tremendous respect for these guys. Uh, the tape doesn't lie. You know, you, you look at it. We know it's going to take a tremendous effort for us to get the result that we want. But we do feel confident we're a pretty good football team, too. But um, I don't think you want to do anything different than what you normally do for the Bears and for the Colts. But you do want to tailor your game plans specific to what a great challenge the Bucks personnel and their scheme, uh, you know, presents and challenges us with. And so, um, you know, that work will get started as soon as we wrap this up. Kind of already has in the early parts of it, but it's going to be a great challenge. They're playing great ball, and, uh, you know, they're playing like the reigning world champs you would expect them to play, and nothing but respect on my end for these guys. Ten in a row for them since uh, the Rams and then the Chiefs got them back-to-back before their bye week. When you were flying home from Raymond James last year, even with the win, if I had told you then that that team was going to go win the Super Bowl, would you believe, uh, apart from them having Tom Brady, of course. But yeah. could you see the foundation, personnel, and coaching staff that they could go on a run? Yeah, I think you could because when they're firing on all cylinders, and I thought just what was as impressive as anything is watching the mental toughness that that team displayed, being able to bounce back. You think about the Sunday night defeat that they had against the Saints and for them to be able to bounce back from that, that says a lot to me. Um, so was not surprised. I think you know how competitive this league is, but if you said, hey, are you shocked? No, not in the least bit. I thought they hit their stride at the right time. This league is about momentum, and I thought they found a way to, you know, they were 7-5. and five. Nobody flinched for them. They played their best ball when they had to. They get into the playoffs with a lot of momentum, and, and they end up, you know, beating Washington. Then they beat New Orleans, you know, playing them for the third time, and then they go to Green Bay and make a lot of plays, and then they played unbelievable in the Super Bowl. Football is fun in SoCal. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a lot of Football's fun. It's yeah. just, you know, being back around the fans, you know, whether it's the home atmosphere, even the away, I mean, you just realize how much these uh, these fans create such an atmosphere and an environment that is, uh, it's, you can't, you can't, it, there's nothing like it. It's outstanding. No wonder Brady's floating the possibility about playing till 50. Now, that's the next smile. If anyone can do it, it's him. <laughs> you know, right. By the way, DeMarco once took a paycheck. I don't pay- even know if I can coach till I'm 50. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, DeMarco once took a paycheck for appearing in a music video, so don't ever feel Did sheepish what about music video appearing in a commercial. Why would you out me on that right well, now? We've talked about was, this before. Yeah, I know. Did you? Okay. Yeah. You saw the video? Yeah, you guys I still have the sweatsuit. I'll wear it one day. I'll wear it on the show. <laughs> Congratulations on another victory. Good luck in week three. Thank Thanks, for being guys. here. Sean. Appreciate it. For Sean McVay, DeMarco Farr, glad you found us on this edition of the Coach McVay Show.